Driving Dad, the podcast. Jump in, buckle up and enjoy the ride. Hello and welcome to Driving Dead, the podcast. My name is Darren Valley and thank you so much for joining me. This is my first podcast and the first episode, actually. Let me explain to you what Driving Dad is all about. Driving Dad is a web series about fatherhood. I talk to fathers about their journey and what they've learnt along the way, all whilst driving around with me in the car. I received a lot of feedback regarding doing a podcast of the web series as people would like to listen to it when they can't watch it. So here we are. In this episode, I talk to Mark. Mark talks about his journey as an adoptive parent. And you uh, own a dance school now? Yes. So um, how does how did all of your life back then, how did that prepare you for being a father? A good teacher has to build a discipline and a respect into those classes. Yep. Um, and a lot of, a lot of, your discipline is based on respect right and that's the philosophy of my teaching as well you don't you don't kids don't learn how to dance because they're scared of you and that's what you can do you can just scream and yell and say you know I'd humiliate and scream and yell and say I told you to do that turn like this and (laughs) and now you do it like this and you look stupid in front of all your friends kids will dance through humiliation but dancing isn't about that dancing is about feeling a love so and respect respect for the dance and respect for your teachers right so all the time my teaching is about i'll get angry when i don't feel that respect coming from the student and i try to engender that that respect in in my classes and that's an important part of um being a parent yep building respect and not going and not dealing with discipline as in you know throwing things across a room and having your children deal with you through fear so then when you um, and, and Vicky decided to have children, what was the, was there discussions first or was there? Uh, we went through, we went through IVF, we went through IVF for a very long time and um, uh, when we first started IVF it was, we were one of the first people to start it and, and we knew everyone, the nurses knew us, all the doctors knew us, you'd come in and they go, oh Mark, Vicky, love to see you back. And towards the end, it was a real business. And the interesting, you could see from the beginning, you could see this, the um, size of the cars that were parked in the car park. <laughs> As the business expanded, yeah. the cars got better and better and better. And so towards the end, and we found it was really hit and miss. Right. Uh, so in the end, we just said, look, this isn't, this has been going on too long. We need to look at other things. So we looked into local adoption and that's, in 2000, well, we, we were looking in 2001, that's fairly impossible to do. Yep. Um, fairly impossible and very restrictive in uh, if you do happen to have um, adopt a child. Yep. So we started looking at inter-country. Right. Uh, and through the process of inter-country, you, you're supposed to go and have visits with different, you know, different uh, groups, Chinese, right. um, Indian, um, Fijian. So we, we we were going about that process, having these different days and meeting, little meetings and stuff. And we, the Ethiopian program was having a, a social night at the Blue Nile restaurant in Footscray. Yep. And we arrived from work and so we sat, we were the first to arrive. We had the, the, 
there was the upstairs, the cars that had the upstairs um, room. And we sat there and, and Jill and David and other friends of ours were going through the program process were there with us. And then slowly these kids started and families started coming up the stairs as the night started to build. <laughs> and it was this wonderful feeling of, uh, and both Vicky and I felt it, but we felt it without talking yeah. when we when we analyzed what was happening that night we both felt exactly the same thing that as with with each passing moment we just felt this is this is what's going to happen this is where we're going to go we're committed to ethiopia and we came out of that night wow. fully committed to to going to ethiopia traveling to africa and going through the process of adopting from ethiopia which god bless you know gods be praised came to fruition there was quite a long journey well, the, then to, to get all the paperwork done yeah, and but that was the good old days when it was nice and quick so it took two years oh, okay i think i think in your memory you sort of rub out bad <clears throat> stuff so i always say oh it was really short but vicky always goes no, it wasn't really <laughs> short it was two years but but i say <clears throat> really short because now what's happening with the with the program is uh our, that was two years for our file to get approved sent to ethiopia and to be allocated our beautiful boys right two years <clears throat> um but now it's five years right, just to get your um application approved in australia wow. five years to get approved in australia and then it goes out to um ethiopia and then now the ethiopian program's cancelled but then so it's five seven probably seven eight years maybe right. but the catch 22 is they do such a forensic picking over your life and your final going through all elements of your life yep if you've been on the program for five years six years your can your circumstances may have changed so then you sort of have to restart the process oh, again right. it's this wonderful catch-22 wow. so you're always constantly being assessed and being re-evaluated and well. being re-evaluated because your life <coughs> yeah. changes over yeah, five yeah, years yeah, yeah, yeah. so so let's talk about uh your first um meeting uh, Larkor is the person who arranges the inter-country inter adoptions for Australia, or he did. Um, so we got, previous to going, we kept ringing up saying, uh, can we come now? And, and they want to say, just wait a little bit longer, just wait a little bit longer. And we go, well, we're coming on this date, so here we come. Okay, you know, okay, <laughs> fine, fine. Uh, that date, we got, we had one afternoon we were jet lagged yeah. and it's a uh, Addis Ababa is a mile high city so we were we were jet lagged and a bit of altitude sickness um, and the next morning Larkor came and picked us up in his little pink old Renault and he drove us to his house we sat in his front room uh, he said would you like tea no thanks water no thanks we're fine and he whoop, whipped out and at the back of the house there's um, a foster home oh, where, okay called Koala House, so yep. he set that up. Um, we hear someone coming up the side of the house through the windows, and we see someone pass the front window, and then they come in and two girls had our boys. Wow. It's emotional, just thinking yeah. about it now, yeah. it's emotional. Yeah. Two Had our two boys, and uh, they said, here you go, give them to the new family, and they handed us the boys, and um, Larko, I think he said, let the family be together for a moment, so they took off and um we sat there just in shock really in shock because yeah. we're going through we're going through 
a feeling of, of incredible excitement, incredible fear, like yeah, just yeah, whoop, yeah. whoop, whoop, whip, whipping backwards and forwards. Yeah. Because we're both only children mm. and um, we, I know nothing about birth and babies. So, <laughs> um, and then he comes back in and he goes, would you like something to drink? We go, no, no, we're okay. Something to do tea? No. So he says, here's the papers. And he, give us, he gives us a stack of papers all in Amharic. So we couldn't, he just handed us a stack of papers. We said, are they, how many bottles, are they on solid foods? One of the girls said yes. One of the girls said no. How many how many uh, bottles are they having a day? One said five. One said eight. Right. So and, said, and we're going, um, and he says, okay, you ready to go back now? And we went, yeah, okay. So we jumped back into the pink little Renault. He dropped us at the front of the Hilton and waved and realm. That was it. We sat in the hotel. We had visions of... Um, you know, hiring car because people hire drivers and and they go exploring Ethiopia. So we had visions of we had visions of you know us you exploring know exploring the Ethiopia and, yeah, and yeah, oh, yeah. oh getting to know all it took places. us two and a half days just to get out of the hotel room. Wow! So we'd get ready to go out to the hotel room and one of the boys would pee or cry or be fed. So it took us at least two and a half days just to get out of the hotel room, which and that took us just downstairs to the pool. And that was like landing on Mars. It was just amazing to be out of the out of the house. Um, and it was in the Hilton, so we'd say we'd need we really need some hot water. We need boiling water. We need boiling water. The formula, and they go, oh, very good, very good. And they'd come up, knock, 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 and there'd be a guy, a waiter with a towel over his thing and a and a pewter pewter jug full of hot water. We go. No, no, hot boiling water. And they go, we don't have boiling water. This is it. So it was... Yeah, a bit of a struggle. It was, a, yeah. So we just, in the end, we just said, that's it, pack up. And so we really stayed only about six days, five yep. days, six days, two and a half days to get out of the hotel room, then a couple, two and a half days just to organise the change in our in our ticket. And we just came home. Once, you, once you're home, how did that adjustment uh, uh, go? Well, then we're then we're just into into new parent land. Yeah. Because we were just we were just learning, and and like all new parents, you're just learning, learning so much stuff every single day. You're just learning and learning and learning and just stumbling yep. and stumbling and stumbling. <clears throat> so that's exactly what we were doing. We were just learning and stumbling and learning and stumbling, and all our great plans about working from home and. Yeah. <laughs> working from home Didn't so as soon as the kids go down to sleep we'll be able to get on the computers and start working but as soon as the kids go to sleep you clean the house and fall asleep yeah, yeah. so but yeah we were just new parents do you think that you how you were fathered or any male figures in your early life did they have it do you think that they had an influence on I don't my father left I still you know we're still in contact but as a as a as a nuclear family um, mum and dad split when I was about 10 months right what I can right. gather yep. and he was a musician so he would travel he'd travel up and down the East Coast and he'd pop in and I'd spend a day with him once every month or something when he was back in town so we if there was dad wasn't a real influence in my life but I'd so I lived with my grandfather and I lived uh, with my uncle and mum and mum and I would move out of house for a while and yep. then we'd move back in and then move out and not a lot of money like no money yeah but I think what to me and I've thought about this a few times as my grandfather passed and as my uncle passed and as my mother passed the 
were lots of things that were going wrong in our house and lots of things going wrong around us. But And it sounds like a huge cliche, but everyone really loved me. Yeah. Like everyone, I know now when I look back on it and everyone who talks about it, all my aunties and my other relatives, that I was really loved right. by my grandfather, by my uncle, by yep. My, especially yep. by my mother. And I think that's really important. Yeah, and maybe you were the you could have been the glue as a young child that sort of kept them all I was definitely know. absolutely the glue for mum yep. that kept her Pop as a father to mum and uh, my aunties he wasn't the great he was a depression father right so he went through terrible th the family went through terrible times and like many many men who went through that that whole era it took a huge toll on the family. Yeah, yeah. A huge, yeah. huge toll. And to, and later in life, the guilt of the guilt of that was what finally he lost the will wow. to live because the guilt of that weighed on him so much. Yeah. So I think he, when he came into money, not a lot of money, but when he became comfortable, I think he enjoyed the relationship he had with me because it was like a second <clears throat> chance. Yeah, he, yeah. I don't know if he consciously thought about that, but he was a fantastic, oh, fantastic grandfather. So, If you could go back to younger Mark, the new parent, <laughs> who was, you know, uh, just, just about to, uh, you know, receive his beautiful boys, what, having known, knowing what you know now, what would you say to him I'd say don't worry it's like falling it's like falling down a hill you just fall yeah <laughs> and you do everything you can not to get hurt as you're falling down the hill but you just fall you yep. can't stop falling yeah you just fall that's like raising kids you just do it you just step you take the first step down the hill and then you roll and do it yep. so I'd say don't don't sweat it too much um, and I wouldn't really change that much. I think I, th I think my boys have turned out really, really well. Yeah, I think you're right too. Mm. All right then, here we go. So the final couple of questions. Uh, what's your go-to bribe? In the early days, the the um, no screens, no games. You know, the severity of taking away screens. That was <laughs> that was definitely the yeah, go-to punishment. Been. You take away you take away the the uh, the pad. Well, that's no good. You take away the television, so you just that, that getting yes, worse and worse. And we've had situations where Dylan, I've said, that's it. You no TV, no video, no nothing, no electronics. You just sit there. And he goes, but I'm bored. I said, well, tough luck. That's the punishment. That's what do you want me to do? But interestingly, when he's been in that situation, he starts to be creative with his own personal time. Yeah, that's good. He that's starts good. to actually do See, stuff that you, you go, oh, that. you gotta love that. Yeah. All right. Now, discipline you or your partner? Me. Yep. I draw very, I'm not a screamer and a yeller, I draw very clear lines in the sand right. and I think that's an important part of parenting as well. Mm. Right from the outset, very, very clear lines in the sand and you know that if, if that line stepped over, then stuff's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I, my boys know when they've stepped over the line. Alright, dream car. Well, I'm really crazy about Bugatti Veyrons and Chirons at the moment. They're the yeah. two and a half million dollar <laughs> supercars because I just think they're so crazy. Yeah. That's a Tats Lotto kind of uh, purchase. Well, I don't think I don't think it's even Tats Lotto. <laughs> two and a half million dollars. Yeah, true. <laughs> that's Tats Lotto. Yeah, oh, I no, want no. Tats Lotto. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm going to buy one we, car. There's my car. There's my Tats Lotto. <laughs>
Um, DIY or call a tradie? Uh, is let the house fall around around my ears on that list? <laughs> no, you've got to be one or the other. <laughs> Definitely, I tried DIY. I tried DIY, yeah. but I may, either I make more of a mess than when I've started. That happens a lot. I right. go, oh, I've got to get someone in. Yeah, so or it takes me a whole day to do something that a tradie would take. Do like that. So I'm a tradie. That's all right. Reluctant and tradie. What about uh, favourite driving song? That sound that you heard from the early SEAL days and the early on uh, Frankie, that big momentous orchestral oh, yeah. sound yeah, 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 yeah. was Trevor Horn. These guys used to rock in with three chords written on a piece of toilet paper and he'd turn those songs into those those anthems. But I've still, when I put Luna Bay on now, I still just feel the chills coming up the back oh, of my neck. I still love it. I love it. I love it. That was Mark talking about his journey as an adoptive parent. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. There are more episodes to come, so I hope you subscribe and I'll see you back here next time. If you'd like to contact me, you can do that at www.drivingdad.com.au or fatherfriendly at yahoo.com.au. You can also send me ideas on what you'd like to hear in the podcast in the future. Thanks again for listening. I'm Darren Varley, and this is Driving Dad, the podcast. Bye for now.